All right. Welcome back to Say What Needs Saying. I'm Zach. And I'm season two, Brandon. And we are coming back with season two of Say What Needs Saying. Ooh. Yeah, we are excited. We're going to jump into everything that we missed, everything that's happened since the last time that we talked with everyone. And there's quite a bit that's gone on, man. The things have been kind of crazy these last couple of weeks. And when you say crazy, what exactly do you mean? Like what is probably besides the end of 2020 to where we're at right now on the 6th of Black History Month, what exactly has been the most, the craziest thing that's happened in your eyes? Craziest thing. I mean, craziest thing's got to be the GameStop stocks. Um, the the no, no. Wall Street bets versus Wall Street and everything that happened with that. So explain to me and whoever's listening what exactly happened with with the Wall Street bets, GameStop. Why do people care about a blockbuster all of a sudden? Who's BlackBerry since it's been 11 years since anybody's used BlackBerry Messenger? What exactly happened? And I also can chime in too. Just let me know. No, so I mean, basically a bunch of people shorted GameStop stock. So that's when you borrow stock to pay back at a later date. Oh, and hold on. Actually, before we jump in, I'm going to admit some people that just jumped in on the Zoom chat. Ooh. And there we go. All right. Now everyone's in. Um, welcome, so, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to the season two first live episode. But anyway, so yeah, shorting a stock, you know, you you borrow a stock so that you can sell it when it's high and then pay back the debt of that share later when you believe that the price will be lower. So everyone did this with GameStop and did it immensely, um, shorted it to, uh, I believe they shorted 140% of the available stock. And so the uh, Reddit wound up finding out that it was heavily shorted and decided to call their bluff and bought a shit ton of GameStop, GameStop stock, Game, GameStop stock, and yeah. drove the price I mean- through the roof. But yeah, it was nuts. You know, it cost the hedge funds a ton of money. Zach, I think your Wi-Fi sounds like you got hit by Wreck-It Ralph. I don't know what happened. Oh, now, can you hear me now? A bit, a bit yeah. I, I catch you now. I can catch you now. I'll, I'll let you continue then, yeah. No, I was just saying it's just crazy because, you know, they, they cost the hedge funds so much money and they basically it was unprecedented, right? It was, you know, something that had never really happened before, at least not, you know, in the near the near past. Yeah, I mean, what do you expect when you tell when you when when you have billions of dollars and you laugh at the common person and say, you know, we'll give you twelve hundred dollars, you're not gonna do anything with it. You need it. You know, <laughs> we're gonna give you six hundred dollars. We need to go, you don't need it, you know, you're just gonna wait for it. And what they did is a lot of people, a lot of you know, Gen X, Gen Z, you know, millennials said, Yo, we 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 believe in GameStop. You know, they they I mean, I'm trying to on the empathetic side, you know, we still believe in these companies, we're gonna make it big and we're gonna stick it to you. So a lot of people bought those stocks in unison, in solidarity to what this was happening, you know, what this was causing uh on Wall Street, the headaches and the seven point and some odd billion dollars they lost because they had to sell their good stocks or they're good options or whatever to, to make up or recoup from the losses from their, you know, expectations. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I think it's necessary on one end. Some, I have, I heard some people say it was irresponsible of the people on Reddit to go ahead and do this, but I don't know. I'm kind of on, I'm not anarchist, but I'm on the side of the people who's always been, uh, given the shittest end of the stick, if you know what I mean. I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious that 
that some random redditors were able to cost you know chaz and chad over at wall street their their fortune because they just <laughs> bought a bunch of stock on a reddit on a subreddit but yeah no it's it's great yeah. you know let us know if you're listening now on any of the streaming platforms if you're listening on zoom let us know in the comments did you buy gamestop did you buy amc did you buy nokia did you buy dogecoin um when did all you this buy started any- happening yeah yeah did you buy any coin did you kind of you know what 2020 was that year this is a new year i want to try, try to invest in myself create some wealth did you hop on the stocks bandwagon uh, are you sticking it out what are your favorite stocks we actually have a entire stock portion of say what he's saying coming up this uh this season so uh it wouldn't be too far-fetched to see what you guys are thinking and how do you guys feel about it yeah money is one of those taboo topics that we just don't talk about and so i'm kind of glad that this whole fiasco has opened it up and more people are talking about it now you know more people are thinking about investing and thinking about doing things albeit you know maybe don't just go buy a bunch of GameStop stock because that's not probably the best uh way to grow your money but but yeah we're gonna look into doing some future episodes on money on stocks on on these different things to get the conversation started to get you guys talking about it investing and everything else but yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, we've got a new president now. <laughs> what do you think, Brandon? How, how have you felt these <laughs> last couple of weeks now that things are a little bit different in the White House? Listen, <laughs> I, well, one thing that you hear a lot in, in, in at least different minority communities is whether Trump is the president, Biden's the president, Emil's the president, it's still going to be the same day. But I walked out that next morning and I had a feeling because that, that speech that he gave I felt as if that speech, I had a little bit of hope and a little bit of hope that Obama did. And the reason why I said that is because certain things that Biden said in his speech, Obama couldn't get away with saying. Certain things have to come from the mouth of Biden mm-hmm. for people to hear it. Certain things you hear, like, oh, they're just complaining. But when it comes from his mouth, you're like, oh, huh, I, I, there's a way I can empathize with his eyes, because they're similar to my eyes. So I walked out that day going to work and I said, this is a lighter, this is a lighter day. You know, I don't have to, I still can, I still have the right to worry. I still have the right to be, you know, look over my shoulder, X, Y, and Z, whatever. But I was like, at least the leader of what many would say would be a tirade, a leader of a tyrant. So, you know, not too long from that day, stormed the Capitol is now out of power. And a, uh, and a and a forwarding of the of an entire new you know system regime is gonna start t- taking place. So it was a lighter day for me. What about you? Eh, I mean, you know, <laughs> I was I wasn't too heavily vested either way. I mean, don't get me wrong, Trump was severely disappointing in those last couple days in office and the last couple months, rough. frankly. Oh. Yeah, but you know, I don't I don't quite buy the. Joe Biden, of all people, is going to be the one that brings our country together and brings us to, you know, brighter days ahead. And like, I, you know, he's he's I, I don't disagree with everything he's done so far. I definitely don't agree with everything he's done so far. But you know what? I, overall, the world's not ending either way. Um, and so I think that right. it will be good to kind of have things calm down a little admittedly right the the tweets will be a little less incendiary the the overall i guess image you know yeah yeah there's not as much international back and forth per se or there's more i guess uh more international familiarity especially with us joining back into the um the paris the green what's it, what yeah, was it the paris, paris climate accords 
Right. I didn't want. I didn't want to say Accords and be like Avengers. No. Okay. Just make I, sure I, yeah, I think it's the Accords. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I think that there are. I'm not a huge fan of those. You know, organizations and groups and the the Paris Climate Accords. The WHO is another one he joined back in, or rather, stopped Trump's plan to to go out of it. But you know, to each their own. And like I said, we'll we'll see what happens, what what he's able to get done, and and what happens. Oh yeah. If you guys have any comments, if you guys are either on with us on our Zoom or listening to us on our Twitch, YouTube, or on Facebook, don't forget to uh, give leave us a comment or any perspectives on what happened in this this past January. What's been going on in your 2021? What are you looking forward to this 2021? Almost like what are the lessons you've learned? You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people. What is what, what's one lesson you would say you learned, Zach? <laughs> it's gonna sound cheesy diversify <laughs> not not have all your money in one place but um what about you a few things especially you know whether where, where we left off that from then and now i learned one we're all sitting on our ass uh might as well do something with our time mm-hmm. you know and that's what a lot of people had initially with when we first got the shutdown in 2020 but you know a lot of people said i'm gonna learn a language and that was the end of the rosetta stone trial like that you right. know no one really bought into it after but the stocks is kind of where I found of caught my leg, and I'm I'm in these yeah. conversations with doctors that I wouldn't normally see myself in, and I know I saw one person said uh, they were in the hospital like I can't use uh, the the Trump flag, so I'm going to use my American flag to show my show my patriotism, and I kind of had to I was like I wonder what does that mean like what did the flag change is the flag a new meaning or did it die down is because i don't see as many american flags waving as much as i as i as i saw under the trump's administration so i don't know that's a kind of was going back and forth with that one but yeah i think you know so i got into stocks a lot more too early on in the pandemic especially and i think that you know one of the reasons that i'm glad that we're getting into that kind of stuff it's not just about you know talking about money and talking about those things right so my my anxiety gets a lot better when I, I when I look at it, to be completely honest, because it's about control. You know, it's about having being able to control that part of your life, being able to control your your finances and things like that and having a, you know, a better grasp on things. And so I think it's it's good to to be aware of. It's good to get involved in. As far as the flag, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that right now, that's the problem with unity that is going on around right now, right? Everyone wants unity. You know, Joe Biden, he was running on, you know, wanting to unify the country and um, Republican senators are talking about unifying and coming together as opposed to the impeachment. And everyone's kind of talking about unifying, right? But you have to unify around that flag. And if that flag means something different for two different groups of people, then it's a little harder to unify around unify. it, you know? Right. You know, let us know in the comments what your perception of the U.S. flag is. What does our country stand for? That's what we need to unify around, right? Is what what does our country stand for? What have we done? What's our past? What's our present? And what's our future look like? And, you know, as long as we can agree on that, then we can unify. Definitely join in on the conversation. And we got one comment. This is, has the country ever been unified? You know, why is it? Why is that a goal? And what does unification look like? I had the first... You asked that question and an image popped in my head. I forgot the, uh, I, as a, as an American, I feel bad. And some people may kill me for this, but I forgot <laughs> the name. Who I think it was John F. Kennedy. I forgot who, uh, who said the speeches. They wanted um, two cars in every garage and a chicken in every pot. Something like that. No, who who said that speech? Really? <laughs> no. Um, but anyway, that, that idea of like all these uh, Southern California homes, all in black and white with the film, with the, the music in the background. Like that's what I envisioned 
as uh, un- America's unification. I feel like there was never a real time where all of America was together because not all of America acknowledges all of America. I think we're too uh-huh. diverse to be 100% unified. But that said, I think the closest I can ever think of, and I know this also came with some negatives too, so obviously it wasn't perfect, but 912, right? Right after 911 was the only time that I really remember people quote unquote, unifying um, on any large scale. And even that, you know, came with negatives, right? Came with a lot of, came with a lot of anti-Muslim sentiments, came with a lot of racist sentiments. But that said, aside from that, that was probably the closest I can think of. Um, But yeah, as far as what does it look like? I I don't know. I, I think personally, the best we can do is unify around what values guide our country. But that's not, you know, people disagree. People disagree a lot on what our country's values should be, right? What we should be pushing for, how high to prioritize things like, you know, economic or efficiency type factors over or below equity issues, you know, and so they're large discrepancies. I don't know. I don't know what unity looks like. And it's kind of, it, it's frustrating that that is the rhetoric being thrown around right now when really no one is acting like they want unity, right? Everyone is throwing mud at one another and everyone's still arguing and fighting and, you know, everything, but then they'll stump for unity. It's like, come on, spare me. <laughs> yeah. And see, nothing about it seems genuine now I'm thinking about it because it's kind of like the issue that a lot of people have with Obama just saying, hope. what does that mean? Just can't just keep saying hope and not have something to back it. You're kind of just, you're blowing hot, you're blowing smoke in my ass. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Well, and a lot of people felt the same about Biden with his executive orders, right? He said that he was going to to unify and then came in right off the bat, dropped a, a ton of executive orders, a lot of which repealing Trump's executive orders, right? And people are, it's, it's not necessarily the best way to to unify, I suppose, if that's your if that's your goal. We got a comment that says, I think unification is recognizing and respecting that there are differences in heterogeneity of ideas, beliefs, and philosophies while living under the umbrella of one country, which is America, common to everyone. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that, right? That's kind of just the, the definition of tolerance, right? It's being willing to tolerate your neighbor, even if you have different ideas or different beliefs or different, you know, different thoughts. America's not known to be a tolerant place, though. I wouldn't say that we've, we want to come off as tolerant, but I don't, I don't I'm trying to think of whether the things on the news or the things that we were taught, like, are we, try, are we have we been a country known to be tolerant of other people's perspectives or, you know, their belief systems? I wouldn't say so. Well, I think it depends on how you look at it, right? Because re- relative to other countries, right, there are plenty of things that we do have, you know, constitutionally protected free speech, you know, for example, that's something that by definition, we are at least legally speaking, you know, more tolerant of people saying different things and people having different ideas and allowing them to to say it all, right? And not having a law prohibiting it. You know, the the people themselves, I mean, sure, you can you can look back throughout history and we've had plenty of different not so tolerant chapters of of our country's history. But I don't know, relatively speaking, I think that you could say we are. But one of the comments that we just got says a lot of extremists left and right are absolutely not tolerant. And that is true too. Do you think that the lessons that we learned in 2020 uh, will either be uh, revisited or something that we can graduate from? And, you know, I'll let you pick what lesson you want from 2020, whether it be people saying, well, rightfully, some people have like, okay, so I'll bring up the vaccines, for example. Mm-hmm. In, in one of the hospitals that I work at, um, so some of the nurses 
uh, have been uh, under, I think they're, I think they're fired or about to be fired because they were giving people saline instead of the vaccine. They were pocketing the vaccine and administering saline. And the only way I know that is because nurses at other hospitals got a call from Riverside, from the hospital uh, that I work at saying, you know, you might not have gotten the real vaccine. You might not have gotten the real uh, treatment. I know. And things like that create rightful fear and almost animosity towards this entire system. Like, how could you want to believe in the idea of turning this into a flu or turning this into some form of herd immunity, which I also might have a point in that uh, when it comes to Atlanta, how exactly can you want to create this sense of security in something as difficultly, uh, is very difficult to challenge the American health system? Clearly. So when you have things like that happening, how do you how do you defend that? How do you encourage people to go out there? You, if you're just giving me saline. You can give me anything. You know what I mean? You don't really know. People saw different politicians have fake vials, um, you know, even with the cap on giving, you know, giving vaccines on TV. Like, what are, what's going on here? Yeah, people are not doing a good and I kind of been saying this from the beginning, you know, but people are not doing a good job of instilling hope and faith in science. And there's plenty playing into that, right? It's not entirely the fault of the healthcare providers, or it's not all Fauci, or it's not all, you know, but yeah, things like that, people are just going to distrust the system even more after that. I, I think that's crazy that they're, they're, they're taking doses and and pocketing them, you know, presumably to take them home and, and vaccinate, you know, what friends and family, but yeah, but just imagine, just imagine you sitting around the dinner table, you eating lamb chops and mashed potatoes, and someone says, "Hey, yo, I got the vaccine in my pocket." I'm calling the cops. There's no, there's nothing you can say to me to quell my fears of what you just said to me. You have the vaccine in your pocket. Don't come near me. I don't know why you have that in your pocket. We're not in the hospital. I'm supposed to trust whatever vial of whatever you come at you. No. Well, how no, long have you had it out? I don't know. I don't. I cannot imagine. How long have you had it out too? You know, it's not been sitting Say at, again. well, and how long have they had it out? You know, is it, has it been sitting out for, you know, minutes or, or hours or what, you know, if it's not at whatever it is, negative 20, negative 80, you know, degrees Celsius that it's stored at, you know, it, they may have taken it, but it may be bad by the time they're actually administering it in whoever, whoever they stole it for. I don't know. It's very, very disheartening. But things like that, like, you know, when people said, oh, I don't want to wear a mask, there's no research against the mask, and then Fauci had secondary reasonings for having people wear or don't wear masks, that was a lesson that we clearly haven't learned coming to 2021. You know what I mean? They're not necessarily pushing, you know, on TV, they're saying, you know, meditate, that helps you with the ease of this, but they don't say, you know, take multivitamins. And when I saw that commercial, I was like, well, what is this? Can we, is there no backing behind, you know, exercising, going out in the sun, taking vitamin D right. when 90% of the population is vitamin D deficient? I tried not to get frustrated and I tried to say that we're moving on to better times, but it doesn't look like we're learning from our previous lessons. And that's troublesome, especially for what we saw in 2020. I think that a lot of what we saw in 2020 is going forward, right? I think this anti-expert or anti-elite attitude is still going forward. And, you know, like you said, for good reason, stuff keeps happening that provides people reason to distrust the experts or the elites. And, you know, I think that this, this division that we've got is just going to keep continuing, you know, and I think that like someone said, right, we have to unify around having these different ideas, these different beliefs, but we can't, do that with 
people we don't trust. You know what I mean? Like you, you also have to have trust and having people steal vaccines is not a very trustworthy, trustworthy situation to find yourself in. Who has taken the vaccine mm-hmm. thus far? And if you have not, why? Zach, what about, let's start with you. Have you taken it, sir? I've gotten dose one. I, you know, I got dose one. I don't remember exactly when it was. Um, I'm getting the second dose on the 16th. So yeah, I, I got it. I went up to um, the the football stadium. They were administering them there. And um, it's a good use of space. And they actually, you know, it's a much cleaner and, and smoother operation than I thought it was going to be. But yeah, I got I got dose one. I'm waiting on the second one. And so we'll we'll see from there. Uh, have you gotten yours yet? I have not. Because on the day that I was gonna go get it, I heard that story. And I was like, ah, you see, this is this is I don't want this. I don't want to deal with this uh in this form of fashion. I don't want I don't have to say, let me get the label to see if this is Pfizer or Moderna or whatever you just made up. I don't want the Johnson and Johnson one. Didn't have a 66% success rate. Listen, if I can't pass with a 66, I don't want a vaccine with a 66. Nope. Not I. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's it's single dose, right? And so I think it's somewhere in the ballpark of what Pfizer you know is if you get the one dose. Okay, but let's let's put. I mean, granted, you will probably always wear your 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 scientist cap, but let's put on our scientist caps. Mine mine is uh pretty it has dust on it. But um, <laughs> if you get one vaccine, what's what hap- what's happening is that they're giving you uh, uh uh um they're pretty much giving you the the COVID nineteen and you're allowing your body to acclimate to that vaccine, create antibodies. And give you a second one to prepare your body and fight that. So you getting one, I kind of, I mean, then people have, uh, you know, people have said ways to kind of get around directly from taking the vaccine. Like if you have the antibodies, but you haven't taken the antibody test, you can donate blood therefore. And they will have to tell you if you have the antibodies. And then from there, some may say, and I am not a doctor. Some may say that you don't have to take the vaccine since you already have the antibodies. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and there's been a extremely low rate of, of reinfection, you know, as, as far as people getting it a right. second time. So, so yeah, I mean, presumably that would be the case. Um, it's just a matter of what, what's in place to know who has the antibodies or who has the gotten the vaccine or who has, you know, et cetera. We just found out at U of M um, that we're going to have to graduate students and undergrads that are going to be on campus for any reason whatsoever, we, we're going to have to get tested uh, once a week for COVID. And, you know, no stipulation oh. for no stipulation for vaccines or anything to my knowledge, but that's, you know, probably because they can't ask if, you know, if you've been vaccinated or, you know, but, but yeah, I, I think that there are, there are a couple measures that get put into place that it's, I don't know. It, it's hard to, to to deal with. I don't. I, I I sound like I'm whining. It's not a huge deal. I just have to go and get swabbed every so often. But we just got a comment that said that the mandatory testing at UM is too late, and they don't have exceptions for vaccinated people. Dumb rules by UM. Yeah, I mean, I agree. That's kind of where I'm at too. It's like what I don't. I really don't see what it's doing to test me every week, especially once we've stopped or started vaccination distribution and and everything. It's 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 already. Yeah, it's too late. Can can you give a an idea of what? How do you think America will cope with that with this vaccine with twenty twenty one? Can we relieve ourselves of this vaccine, or are we just gonna have to just suck it up and wear masks for the next 10, 15 years? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that people, regardless of government regulation, regardless of business regulation, there's going to be a segment of the population that is wearing masks for a while just because they're scared. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be people that are just going to wear a mask regardless of who's telling them to because they either have uh, pre-existing conditions or they're older or, you know, they're just scared. Right. So I think that's going to happen for a while. I think masking is going to get ingrained at least on some small level in, in the culture with those people. As far as requirements and things, I mean, I don't know. Biden did his, his what, 100 masking, 100 day masking challenge or something. What's that? I don't know. It's, he signed an executive order to encourage people to wear a mask for 100 days to, to stop the spread but i don't know if it's just going to become another 15 days to stop the spread that then turns into nearly a year or if it's going to be a like i don't really know why why the executive order but that's that it's to encourage masking so we got a couple comments in the chat that says i really hope that i really hope there aren't people that even think we'll be wearing masks for 10 for five to ten years that's just dumb and i would say i agree you know, it's, it's to, to, for me to expect Americans to wear masks for 10 years. I can't see it. But I also, in the very beginning, when they said Americans have to wear masks, I was like, good luck. <laughs> um, and there's not a single soul in Walmart without a mask. Granted, is it a, is it around their face at all? Is it at their chin? Uh, <laughs> they it, pull um, it out of their pocket, crumpled yeah, up, it, been in there in a week. <laughs> is, it, is it in there? Is it below their nose? Of course. You know, I don't even know what's the proper etiquette for seeing that. Do I, is it, is it like, is it like drugs or like a, a kidnapper? If I see something, say something, do I say, Hey, you with the face, I see your face. I don't know what to do, but could five years of this happen if the numbers keep spiking? Fear is a great deterrent. Oh, it was yeah. like, oh, okay, mask, another 400,000? All right. Uh, and we got another one. They said, people in Wuhan are going to concerts without masks now. There's a picture on the news. Why do we have to remain scared? I, I don't have, I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I, I think it's a combination of, you know, just people being scared in general and a combination of that and the excessive fear-mongering from everyone, you know, left, right, center with, with a lot of this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and... And I think that, I don't know, people are, people are wearing two, three masks now too. You know, you've got all kinds yeah, of things. I have seen, I've been seeing that two masks. But I mean, you know, it's not to say that, that COVID isn't real. It's not to say that we shouldn't still be wearing masks. Obviously, I want to make that clear that, you know, I'm wearing a mask every day. Brandon's in the healthcare industry, right? We aren't encouraging people not to wear a mask, but you know, it, who's to say where we go from here, five to 10 years, I don't think we'll quite be wearing a mask that long. But that said, COVID may become something akin to the flu, right? Where we get, you know, a booster every year or, or something similar to it. But, but yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. Um, we did get a couple other comments that says, uh, depends on where, where you live. Florida is free facing everywhere. Texas too. It all depends on where you live for folks wearing masks. And that's true. You know, it really depends on where you're at to see what the requirements still are and what the mandates still are. Um, someone said that it's also that the government likes to put regulations on people. That's true as well. Um, living in Michigan, there's stuff that's still a little stricter than in other places. And I think that could probably be at least part of it. Someone said that I think talking about why, you know, people were, were worried or afraid is because people we know are still in the ICU. I'm like, yeah, you know, obviously that this is still dangerous, right? It's still something that we need to take proper precautions for 
wear a mask, socially distance, get your vaccine if you're qualified for it, you know, and, and take every proper precaution that you can. But that said, you know, don't let it, I'm going to sound like Trump, don't let it, you know, consume every thought that you have, right? Don't let it scare you into, into submission because you can't go about your life that way. You know, you can't, things are going to come up like COVID and admittedly COVID is very bad, but you know, it is important to, when you're taking all the proper precautions, you know, trying to, to still live your life at least. I mean, I agree. I mean, I wouldn't say have it consume you, but just, I think, and everyone's aware of it. I just think, I just want everyone to become aware of it. I think everyone's aware. Uh, I think, um, I think the idea of people, like, for example, one of my coworkers went to vacation in the Florida Keys. First thing I said was, why would you go to Florida? <laughs> Second thing I thought was, how the hell are you next to me now? Um, the So they said when they were down there, you couldn't tell there was a pandemic. Mm. You go to the restaurants, everyone's in there. They like, you walk in with a mask and you see them, they leave and they mock the people leaving who were in the mask. Um, there's signs on like gas station that says we're mask free uh, location. Like it's almost like some people are almost anarchists to it. And I feel like moments like that <sighs> keep us where we are, you know, wherever we are, it doesn't push us forward. It doesn't push us to where Wuhan is. I don't know how Wuhan got to how it was. I wish I did. I think that government had a lot stronger uh, yeah. control over its, its, its population that mm-hmm. Americans will really not uh, want to cooperate with, regardless if we said we can send you to Coachella next year, you're not going to do the mandates the way China can't enforce theirs. Oh, awesome. not at all. Yeah, not at all. Plus, you know, so masking was already kind of part of the culture over there. You know, they, they already did wear masks. And yeah, an authoritarian country is a little bit easier or a little bit better at enacting authoritarian uh, government orders, right? So on any level, right? You know, it's if you're going to impose government power, if you're an authoritarian government, you're better at doing that <laughs> by definition. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, I think that they were probably set up pretty well. You know, New Zealand was another example that people kept comparing to and things, but realistically, you know, again, it's kind of apples and oranges with how, how little international travel they, you know, they have in comparison to some of these other places, how kind of isolated they are and how small and, and things. And again, you know, some of the measures taken by some of these other countries, yeah, were things that Americans were just not going to go along with, regardless they, of, yeah. New Zealand got it again. <clears throat> yeah. saying, oh, New Zealand's this, New Zealand, they got it again. I'm like, oh, man. And then now there's like six different strains, you mm-hmm. know, there's one of them that I think everyone should kind of uh, be a bit fearful of the uh, South African strain. I was looking at some of some comments on a regular, um, I think it was just like a regular page. They were like, that's. That one is a bit more, the symptoms are a bit aggressive, more aggressive than the average ones. I was like, and what's more aggressive than you can't breathe? Just trying to stay in your house. Yeah, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where we go from here. Um, Let us know in the comments if you're listening, either on on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, or on Zoom. You know, like I said, if you've gotten the vaccine, let us know. If you haven't gotten the vaccine, but you're able to, let us know why, what's what's holding you back um, or what, you know, why you've chosen not to. Um, and if you haven't gotten the vaccine and it's not available to you yet, uh, let us know what you're planning. You know, let us know if you're planning on getting the vaccine once it's available to you. Are you still skeptical of it and you're going to wait a little while? Yeah, just let us know. We got a, a comment that I'll read before we miss it. It said his wife got hers, both shots, second shot. She felt like crap for about eight hours, nothing since. Well, glad that she got both and that she's all right now. Well, I don't know. Everyone's just talking about the regard to the stocks. I can't get it out of my head. A lot of people just 
they're just they're into it. A lot of people, I mean, even was it Mark Cuban's son is like, I'm 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 making thousands of dollars off of the Reddit. So yeah, I can't help. <laughs> oh, the financial markets. Yeah, talk about financial markets. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about finance for a little bit. We'll talk about stocks. We'll talk about what everything that was going on. So we talked about GameStop a little bit that was going on earlier, right? And so we could talk about that too if people are tuning in now that weren't listening before. Um, but just in general, you know, yeah, I think that people are getting more involved in investing. People are getting involved. Crypto. I'm excited about crypto, man. I I've bought a little bit of crypto since we left off. I have some Dogecoin. I've got Bitcoin and Ethereum and some other things. And I think that more and more people are jumping onto crypto now, you know, whether it's Dogecoin or they're jumping on the, the train with some of the other ones out of FOMO. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on crypto, Brandon? Where, where do you think all this is going? I know you jumped on it too, right? You've got some Dogecoin. And do you have anything else that you've got? I had some you know, Ethereum and I've had Bitcoin a while ago, mm-hmm. but not to the point where like I had a share. You know, not yeah. to the point oh, where yeah, not even close. Uh, that one, not even close. But you know, <laughs> Elon Musk putting in like those. Uh, what's the not Dogecoin? Bitcoin's at back at forty thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, people were like, oh, it's forty thousand the very beginning of the year. Then they're like, oh, it went down. They were like laughing at it, and now it's back at forty. No one says no one says a peep. You know, it's very much so. I think someone told me like, you know, the radio industry laughed at the television industry. They said the the coffee industry laughed at uh, at instant coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, was it email laughed at text messages? The, yeah. the, the, you know what I mean? Like it goes back and forth. The, the banks with the physical money are laughing at the digital currency. Something's going to happen. Like it's it's going to click and you got to either be with it or you were going along with it, you know, are you, are you going to catch it on the, on the beginning end or on the, on the secondary? So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Blockbuster, well, right. right. Blockbuster, <laughs> laugh at Netflix. It goes back and forth. If you pick any two entities that one kind of overshadowed the other, you know, I don't know who Yahoo's laughing at, but someone needs to, or either we're all laughing at them. They haven't changed their marketing plan since 2001. It's the same picture. It's the purple exclamation point. No one's yelled Yahoo in years. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, and it gets into something that, you know, I'm kind of excited to talk about in one of the future uh, money episodes. At some point, we need to dive into it. It's just this idea of that just because you're the juggernaut in the industry doesn't mean you're always going to be on top. Like you said, Yahoo was the big guy and then Google took over, right? There was radio and then that guy took over. There was Netflix that took over Blockbuster. There's, you know, all these examples of things that, you know, people take over the big, the big spot and, you know, it can always happen. You know, people are always annoyed with Bezos and, and Musk and Zuckerberg and all of them thinking that they have the, you know that was a you know that would hurt me, right? You yeah, know, I know. Yeah, but you no, know I have a point. And he stepped down. Oh, how beautiful yep. it was! I people. Okay, continue your point because I, I need I need to calm down because I I have, <laughs> I have a sore place. Well, we can jump into this comment that we got that asked a couple questions. I think it's a it's a good conversation starter, right? It's is shorting stocks morally right? Uh, what do you guys think? I feel that betting on a stock to drive the company down to oblivion feels wrong. Um, yeah, I mean. I don't know. I think that morally speaking, I I think that it's only on an individual level. I don't think there's anything morally wrong with it, right? If you as an individual say, I think that GameStop is going to plummet and so therefore I'm going to short it. And so then I'm going to make some money on the way down. Like that's to me, that's less morally wrong than 
taking collective action mm -hmm. as something like a hedge fund, right? To short 140% of the shares available to then drive the price down and then make it so that you you make money later. So I, I don't know. Even on the pedestrian end, we can do that. Like say for instance, we see GameStop falling. You could put in an option. We're playing all these vocab words. We're going to get to them later. You can put it in an option and kind of do the same bet that they'll go down. You know, is it is it bad that the that people who manage billionaires, uh, you know, billions of dollars are able to do it? I don't know. Like, am I mad at, I don't know, pick a, a chain, a small chain. Uh, like, uh, what's it? Uh, red, uh Sweet red mango. Am I mad at red mango for making, you know, their sorbets and whatnot? No. Am I mad at Jeff Bezos for being great at Amazon? No. But people say there's no, you know, billionaires should exist and, you know, we sh there shouldn't even be billions of dollars. And I'm like, there's 7 billion people on the planet. People, people are going to make money. They're going to move money. Some of the comments touched on this too. They, there's one person that says that uh, it's totally wrong. Another person that says it's morally wrong to do so, but even more, even more morally lacking to let only elites do it. Um, so while it exists, it's morally correct in my opinion. Yeah, I mean that that's another side of this too, right? Whether or not the practice itself is moral, should it be limited to just one group, right? Should only the hedge funds be able to do it? And then when Reddit does something very similar, then you know. It, institutions like Robin Hood can then put a stop to it, you know, and make it so that they can't actually take part in that, in that sort of uh, market manipulation. So yeah, I don't know. That's my take is when you're doing it to manipulate the market, instead of betting on what you think the market will do, then I think it's more morally wrong, you know, but if you're just, if you're just doing it as a prediction and not doing it to drive that change itself then yeah I, I think it's less of a problem <laughs> we got someone said it's a dick move on both parts to profit off the failure of a business even if the business is actually failing because let's be honest gamestop was never worth that much yeah and then there was all kinds of other things that that happened to um amc went up uh build-a-bear went up nokia went up all briefly right and then they kind of tanked down uh with all the restrictions that were put into it i think one other thing that i want to touch on with this as far as this this group action that Reddit took, right? Taking it, putting aside the sticking it to the hedge funds and sticking it to Robinhood and all of that. What do you guys think? And Brandon, to you, or or if anyone knows, anyone has any thoughts in the in the chat, let us know what you think too. What are your thoughts on collective action, buying stock and buying things like this to save beloved companies? Take out the part of we're going to stick it to the to the hedge funds take out the part of we're going to stick it to Robin Hood, but just we want GameStop to survive and thrive. We want Build-A-Bear to survive and thrive. We want AMC to survive and thrive. And these companies are really, really hurting right now. You know, everyone always pushes for, oh, well, your your favorite restaurant is closed down. Go buy a gift card, right? Go buy a gift card and all that. You know, what about buying a share? Is, is that something that people should be doing right is it technically market manipulation is it something that is right or wrong or you know is that different i don't know what do you guys think zach you took my point i was gonna <laughs> if you saw betty bops food stop truck landing you know what i mean if you want to go there and they've been there for 150 years and they made your childhood your grandparents went there and they shared a coke or some stupid shit, and you and you want to you know put money there you can't it's encouraged you know i haven't been more pressured to use uber eats more in my life food network hey we're hungry out here what 
you guys cook amazing food. Well, there's no one buying it. I was like, okay, I'll give you guys money. GameStop. I walk, I walk past GameStop every time in the mall, and I have shame because I just feel bad. I'm like, how is this gray and red store still possible? And there's still kids walking out there, yep. smiling, people trading in PlayStation 5s for a handful of nickels. <laughs> I don't understand how this place is still around, but people are allowing it to be there. And I think the same philosophy should be praised. I think, listen, if people want to use their money for their own good, if they want to be their own vigilantes, let them do it. You know, mm-hmm. let, let, let it's let the product believe in its consumer. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I'm kind of torn, you know, I'm, I'm of two minds on this. On the one hand, like one of the commenters said, if GameStop, AMC, and these other companies want to survive, they should innovate and change their ways. 100%. I agree completely. I think they need to look into new things. GameStop needs to somehow move into the online space better than their their app and their store, right? They need to evolve with the times of PlayStation and Microsoft having digital-only consoles and things like that. And yeah, adapt for, for things like a pandemic, you know? Um, on the other hand, I think that this is, and I've told, I, I don't remember who I was talking to this, uh, talking to with about this, but I said once that I think that many people that are unhappy with capitalism don't participate in capitalism. And so if you're participating in the system, in some way that system will better reflect what you want out of that system. And so if everyone you know, were to support companies that they believe in or support companies that they think are going to succeed or what have you, right? Chances are, and I don't mean just through stocks, right? I don't mean just through, through buying it, but you know, like, yeah, some, one of the comments just said they don't participate, they don't understand, they have resentment without knowledge. It's, it's understanding how that system works and understanding how to invest your money, how to, what to do with your money, what to invest, how to support that business, you know, that, that you agree with, that you believe in, that you want to succeed over the big bad Walmart or Amazon or what have you, right? And yeah, I don't know. I, I am excited with this whole GameStop and, and AMC movement. You know, it's a lot of people that are getting involved in capitalism. A lot of my friends who, you know, maybe a, a month or two ago were self-identifying democratic socialists or self-identifying socialists even are now buying into AMC stock. It's, it's like that that's capitalism. You just don't understand yet that you actually do. Now that you're participating in it, you understand that how, you know, what what that means and what that could bring. So I don't know. That's just my take on it. We have a comment coming in. It says, going back to the previously discussed point, was the GameStop a uniting moment? For the, you know, for the for the people who like GameStop, the people in the gaming world, and just for the younger generation being able to keep up with the younger conversation, you know, whatever's the trending buzz on Reddit. Yeah, it was a small little moment where, and a lot of people I've been saying, I have been hearing, there's going to be some type of classist type head-to-head, you know, problem coming mm-hmm. up soon in this country because the divide is getting steeper and steeper. The rich... Are, are you know a lot of people call this a quote unquote a bandemic like making a ban or making a thousand dollars your people are making off crazy amounts of money while other people are suffering and dying it's very stark and as 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 it progresses it's getting more and more uh, sparse there's very little middle there's no real some say there's no real middle class in America anymore so I felt as if yeah I felt as if it was a moment for all of the youth or all of the not wealthy to stick it to the man so to speak mm-hmm. i mean to hear a surgeon 
say stick it to the man is bananas <laughs> to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Someone just commented. They said Ted Cruz to AOC to Elon. We found out that everyone hates hedge fund market manipulators. And that's true. Um, I think that this had the potential to be a unifying moment. I think that for a very, very brief moment, it was. And it was it was gorgeous. And then shortly after, you know, AOC tweeted that this should be that something should be done about this. Ted Cruz tweeted back saying that he agreed. And then AOC accused him of basically trying to get her killed. So that kind of killed the unity vibe there a little bit. Elon Musk said his things. And and so he's kind of been driving a lot of this. But then, you know, the SEC has not made a an overt decision on what has happened and hasn't really made an overt call on whether it was right or wrong. I know, like you said, yeah, a lot of people, there's a big class action lawsuit that's going to be going up against Robin Hood because people are pissed. People are are not are not happy um, and for good reason. But yeah, I don't know. As far as whether it was unifying or not, I think it had a very, very good chance to be. And for very briefly, it was. Um, but then it, it kind of toppled over shortly after. Um, yeah, Elon for president of the world. Now yeah. we'll just he'll he'll have Mars. <laughs> he'll have Mars when we get there. He can have Mars. The official currency will be Dogecoin, and we'll we'll start over. I'll be driving electric cars. <laughs> it's amazing how all of that sounded impossible five years ago. Right. Who the hell is Elon, and why is that moon near the United States? They no one knew what he's what he was, what his name was. And now, I mean, I just saw the other day, isn't he worth 800 billion or something like that? He is the epitome of the American dream, right? Came here from South Africa, became disgustingly rich and has been one of the most genius inventors and innovators and entrepreneurs in in the world. And yeah, has, you know, has made, yeah, Elon also works really hard. Yeah, he, he got a lot of grief. Uh, early at one point, he tweeted out something. This isn't a direct quote, but something to the effect of you'll never change the world working 40 hours a week, um, implying that, you know, you got to bust your ass to do this and you need to, you know, put in the extra time, put in the extra work and hours and things. Uh, there were a lot of people that, you know, pushed back against that saying, oh, well, you know, you should be able to live your life. You should be able to have certain comforts and things. And, you know, you can, you absolutely can. But if you want to be Elon Musk, you Right. I mean, can't. When, like, the thing is, when if say, for instance, uh, and I like putting myself in the shoes of the people I can see myself eventually being, whether it's this time or never, I like to imagine I can be that. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Elon Musk and I say, and I got, I came from, I'm a, you know, I'm an immigrant child, got out the mud trying to make it work, and I have a billion dollars in cash alone. Tesla beside, SpaceX aside, I have a billion dollars, and someone says, I should be able to live life with $40,000, $50,000 a year. I don't, I can't, I can't, you can't, I don't see him empathizing with that. I can't see him saying, you know what? Good point. However I got this money was magic. I don't think it's magic. I think he, granted, to be Elon, I don't think there's like, I don't think there's seven Elons. I don't think there's a hundred Elons. I don't think there's a population of Elons, but I think there's a formula to how he got it. And I feel like, I'm not saying it's easy for everyone because everyone it's not all there all the chips don't lay right but i don't know it's difficult it's difficult from his end to empathize it's like for hedge men hedge fund managers they can't think about a person they can't think about a company their, their minds are on the level of billions right. a human doesn't even fit in the idea of billions you know what i mean mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it's you know it's kind of crazy, you know, whether it's Elon or or Jeff Bezos or or Zuckerberg, right? All these guys, you know, they they put a lot of work in, right? And that's why you know I know people people often make the the link between people who dropped out of college or dropped out of school and then made you know made their riches, and that they they use that as a as a reason to say, well, you don't need school to be successful. And I think that's the that's the wrong interpretation. I think that it's more it more so shows that you just need to fully commit, right? You need to be able to fully commit to what you're trying to do. And if there's something else in their case, school, that's really holding you back from that, well, then, you know, you can only put so many, so much energy in so many places, right? And so if you, yeah. And so someone just commented saying, yeah, they dropped out of college to put in more hours because college was taking time from what they wanted to do. And, you know, it's this, this idea that all you have to do in life to succeed is work hard. It's flawed. You can work very hard and not be successful at all. If you if you are working hard on something that you should not be working hard at. But if you work hard in the right area, if you work hard and and allocate that work for lack of a better word correctly, then yeah, absolutely you'll be successful. Right? Absolutely then you'll have a, a better chance of being successful and and making money or, you know, getting a good job or whatever. You know, I think that was them making that that decision. They were like, all right, well, if I'm going to work hard, I'm going to work hard at this. And it paid off for them. Oh, I just saw the comment that came, that came in. It says, if you put 90 hours a week on gender studies, I'm sorry, there won't be a lot of success. <laughs> I don't know. We should ask the millions of dollars that went to Pakistan um, for gender studies. So the other thing that we wanted to cover during this episode um, is just kind of going forward with the podcast too. Uh, so obviously we're jumping into season two now and we've already launched our first episode. If you haven't checked out that yet, be sure to, I'm about to drop a link to it, but yeah, we basically, we are trying to branch out a little bit. You know, season one was pretty politics heavy because of everything that was going on during the first season. But that said, you know, we have plenty of different topics that we can talk about, plenty of things that we can discuss that aren't necessarily just politics related. Um, the first episode we did for season two was with Red from the Red's Ramblings podcast. And he was talking about his experiences growing up without a dad and then his experiences then being a father himself. And it was a really good conversation. It was a really good discussion. If you haven't listened yet, definitely go check that one out. But let us know in the comments, if you're listening now, um, let us know in the comments what kind of things you want to see going forward with season two, what kind of topics you want to talk about, what different areas of discussion do you feel like need to be covered but aren't normally, and and what can we cover? We definitely have a couple of uh, unique takes uh, coming up. We have a, uh, we're definitely branching out. We're going to be talking about relationships. We're talking about money. We're really opening up the idea of conversation and we're going to, uh, we're going to try to go with it as fearlessly as we did uh, politics and everything else. If you guys have any ideas on your own, just let us know. We'll be happy to dive in. Uh, don't forget to follow us on our discord. If you guys are not on there, conversations are always there happening on our Facebook. Eventually we're going to we'll be bringing in video within this season too. We're mm -hmm. excited about that too. Possibly merch. We don't know what's yeah. happening. If you guys are watching, we have a new, um, we have even a new visual of uh, the going back and forth with the, um, with the audio bar. So it's going to be a new year, a new change. And we're excited. We got one request that says more episodes on religion and finance. We will definitely be doing those. So we're going to give you, we're going to give you a hot one on, on religion. I <laughs> promise you. 
I listen, I almost I thought I was asleep in Bible study back as an adolescent on one of those uh, ones that we did. I, we're going to bring the heat. We got questions. How come you got a lot of hands? Do you cut your hand? Do you cut your nails a lot? Why is your hands not hurt after the nail was in it? We're going to ask all the questions. Huh? Are you hungry from fasting? I am. And I'm still this weight. Zach, we're asking the questions about uh, religion. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm tired of not saying what needs to be said. We'll get to all that spicy stuff for sure. Next time we do one, we'll 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 make it a little less calm and tranquil as as the last one was. Um, before we miss it, we also had a comment up above asking about the pardons. So you know, asking about Trump's pardons that he that he did before leaving office. Look, I think that this is something that's been going on for a long time. This isn't something that started with Trump. Obviously, pardoning has been pardoning right before you leave office. Right, it's kind of common theme. I think that in general, you know, my thoughts are the pardon, the presidential pardon, it has a purpose, but I think it definitely gets way, way overused. Uh, I don't know, Brandon, what do you think? What are your thoughts on the pardon? I feel like he pardoned some really, really monstrous people, um, yeah. but you can't, and he did so, so quietly, you know, <laughs> no tweets, just a couple, you know, uh, just a real deplored, uh, you know, I don't even, I can't even think of the word big enough, but it just, I think it just, it ended his legacy and his legacy uh, will live on poorly. You know, it, it was, a, it, I, I don't know how Americans view it, but I say it was a little hiccup, at least when, on a moral level. You know, if there was this was a question. This those four years was a question of moral uh, morality and what was quote unquote okay for Americans. I think um, he's going to start a third party, and he's not going anywhere. Like, no, he's that's not the going thing. anywhere. <laughs> he's going to be but around think, for a while. But I think there's enough people with a sour taste in their mouth that he'll only be uh he'll only be pre he'll be only be preaching to sour grapes. I'll say. We got a comment that this isn't the first time a president's giving pardons, though. That's 100% true. Uh, Like I said, yeah, this isn't this isn't unique to Trump for sure. They've been doing it for a long time. It's someone just said that he pardoned. uh, It's who he pardoned. That's nuts. Yeah. And there's, you know, again, I think that even with previous examples, you know, we could probably find a couple specific good and bad pardons that each of them have done. Um, We got we got a question in the chat that said, pardons, are they the right thing to do for the executive branch? Um, and, you know, I, I think that in a vacuum, in the purest sense, I think they could be good, right? Because again, it's a it's a check and balance on the, on the other branches on some level. But yeah, I don't know how to implement it in a way that wouldn't be able to be I don't know, used with, with bad intent or with bad motive, like him, him pardoning Kwame Kilpatrick. But yeah, I don't know. Um, is there a better system? Is there a better way for us to do it so that it's, it's used, but used quote unquote appropriately, or is that too subjective to really, to really define? I don't know, Brandon, you have any thoughts? I unfortunately don't. I kind of saw it as just, listen, I don't know how the code I got out of jail. Um, (laughs) I I, I only can speak to what I know. Um, A little Wayne somehow said he was guilty immediately after the, the charge. Then he smiled with Trump. And then he pardoned him in Kodak, and then Joe Exotic was mad. Because you know what's crazy about that? Joe Exotic was believed that he was going to get out of jail. He got himself a limo and got all pretty to leave prison. The worst thing is get pretty in prison. Now you're stuck in there cute as hell in cell seven. Oh, no. No, looking looking cute in cell seven as Joe Exotic. You don't want to be no exotic in jail, okay? You look real spicy. 
Uh, we got one person commenting. They said that pardons by outing presidents is a strange thing altogether. They'd be fine with them getting rid of it completely. Um, yeah, and that's something that I've heard. <laughs> I've heard a lot, you know, tossed around. Maybe, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we got <laughs> got a comment that says LMAO, no exotic for, for those listening in that aren't oh, in the Zoom fun. chat knowing what's going on. But yeah, you know, it's, it's something that is probably not a good trend to, to maintain. Let us know in the comments what you want us to cover going forward. We've got lots of episodes planned for season two that we have scheduled and ready to go. Um, going forward, we have a more regular schedule. So if you're following us on any of the listening platforms, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, pretty much anything, um, on Mondays, we'll be releasing non-live episodes, so interviews we've done or collaborations with other podcasters, sidebar conversations that just me and Brandon have had, you know, just different things like that. We'll try to do that every week. Um, at the very least, we'll be doing every other week, but this month we've got some already planned for the rest of the month. We've got an episode on Black History Month. We have an episode that we did with another podcaster talking about voting and the Black community in Chicago. Uh, we've got an episode that we did talking about wealth and wealth management, all sorts of things coming up. Uh, let us know in the comments what you want to hear for season two and what needs saying. I think that's it. I don't know, Brandon, if you had anything else that you wanted to, to say that needed saying before we cut it, but that's all I had. Uh, listen, I'm going to keep it right there because there's too many Joe Exotic jokes in my head. I have to, <laughs> too many. All right, then we'll call it a night there. Thank you all for joining us for the first live episode of season two. We'll be back next week with another topic. Uh, email us at say what needs saying podcast at gmail.com if you have any ideas for what you want to talk about next week. Talk to you then. Adios. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Say What Needs and on Instagram and Facebook at Say What Needs Saying for live updates and sound bites from our actual podcast. Don't forget to continue the discussion. Thank you for listening. Thanks. <laughs>